Sherry Pie. You know good motherfucker. You are worse than Hulk Hogan. And you're lucky I didn't break your back and had to come face you. Shinky baby. Break his back. Make your whole body humble. Besides that, everything was great. Great, 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 great. Welcome to the main stage of Ruthless Aggression! ProWrestling.Cool's podcast where we discuss drag race and the wide world of drag culture beyond RuPaul's purview. Heck of a show for y'all this week and let us not waste any more time. I am your host, John Gavrexky-Maxwell, joined as always by Oscar Bernard. More like, you know, I, I want to I wanna have some pros wrestle me. <laughs> Still no follow-up? Still no... Hey, much like the show, there's no Ross and Carson here. If only there was. If only we had someone else that I could turn to and, and get these bad jokes from so that we're not just sitting here in silence because we realize that, yeah, there's nowhere to go from just this terrible RuPaul bit. Yeah, but he's too busy building his brand on Twitch. I mean, hey, we could get someone else that's, that wants to build their brand. Uh, I mean... We'll, we'll talk the week Retromania comes out. He might be listening to this. He he has listened to the other ones, even though I know he hasn't seen a single bit of RuPaul. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm saying maybe that's for the best sometimes. Like, maybe this is maybe just us complaining about Drag Race is the best way to consume Drag Race. I guess fair enough when you put it that way, and Lord knows that we're going to do a lot of it, because as promised, or, I mean, threatened maybe? I, I guess depending on your perspective, we're going to run down every single episode of this season of Drag Race, season 13. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be an interesting ride. I mean, it's one of those things where it's just like, look, we're going to do it anyway, so we might as well just make some fucking content out of it. Yeah. This is a bad podcast we do, but it's fitting because RuPaul's Drag Race is a bad show. And just like we're going to keep watching Drag Race, we're going to keep doing this show. So, sorry, not sorry. I, my feelings on this episode were mixed. At the end of the day, I feel like it's kind of, it's, this is going to be another season a lot like 12, where it's going to be hard to really judge it because so much of this episode is so clearly because of COVID. Yeah. I feel like you can tell, like, I, I just feel like the entire conceit of the show this season is just so that they can make sure that they're not having more than like fucking 10 people in a room at once. Oh, that. I, I kind of very strongly believe that they're doing this so that it's basically two groups of six until they're down to, like, the top eight. Yeah, and then they're gonna fucking mash them together Survivor style. Yeah. Oh, I would watch Drag Survivor. I mean, isn't that what we're basically doing? It's true. This show has gotten the reason I hate All-Stars mixed up with the reason I'm starting to hate this season. Yeah, we'll get to that, though, because that, that was a fucking bad twist. Yeah. That they called out a little too on the nose there. I appreciate that when I message you, fuck this All-Stars bullshit, 30 seconds later, fucking, fucking uh, Denali said, what is this All-Stars bullshit? <laughs> Even they know. But yeah, like, I figured, you want to just talk about the queens and the pairs they were introduced? Yeah. 
because this episode had a weird opening format where it was six lip syncs. It sure was a weird fucking format. And yeah, a strange way to do it of just having them just again, it felt like very much conceit because of how they have to, you know, wanting to maintain fucking safety protocols for COVID and like doing this shit right, which, hey, I'll give them good on them. Like the few times that you see that, like they you see things where it's like, oh, you see like have to see like a production person or like, you know, you're seeing everybody on the main stage like they're doing a really good job of making sure people are protected. Oh, for sure. Apparently they filmed this back in August, so kind of when the restrictions were loosening up, I think, for that little bit where, you know, that's probably the only time they could have filmed this properly. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, before we talk about the, the episode, though, uh, there actually was one thing that I that I wanted to bring up. Uh, okay. Following up on uh, some discussions that we had on the last episode of Ruthless Aggression. Okay. So as we uh as we discussed, Oscar, uh they simulcast this episode on like a bunch of the other uh, Viacom channels, including yes. including the CW, which is uh their over the air network. Yeah, you're mentioning you know that. not on the not on the level of CBS. Don't get me wrong, that's the big flagship one. But yeah, CW, their their partnership that they have with uh with Warner, uh Channel Eleven. If you're in the uh, the New York metropolitan area. Other channels elsewhere. I don't fucking know. <laughs> don't, don't don't ask me. I don't know what your fucking weird shit is. I'm Canadian, wherever you live. So I don't even get the CW. And I think that we were just curious as to uh, how it was going to be doing, what the numbers are. How did it do? So I don't know how the episode did on uh, any of the other places. Cable numbers are not out yet because of the holiday. It's probably going to be a little bit until like it's probably going to be sometime next week until like the cable numbers are really out. But, yeah, I mean, look, we talked about, like, it doesn't get a, that, like, CW isn't, like, a network that really gets, like, huge ratings or, like, huge viewership numbers, but, like, they get, like, they typically get, like, a lot of, like, young, young women and, like, really, you know, desirable market, like, desirable marketing blocks that, like, a bunch of channels don't get, and that's why that they're able to succeed. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the the Venn diagram of people that are into Drag Race and people that are into Riverdale is basically a circle. Yeah, you'd think, and yet Drag Race did not do well. Yeah. It was I... the clear, it was the clear loser of the night. Like, basically, it... It did poorly in every single demo. So what you're saying is Drag Race really is the the reality equivalent of Monday Night Raw. I guess so, if you want to put it that way. Like it did it did not do well in any of the demos. Like it was it was low like below averages, like below average in every single demo. They actually did do better as the night went on. Well well yeah, once the best queen, Utica Queen, showed up. <laughs> Slay roll there. We'll we'll get to it. But so the numbers here basically that they had an average about five hundred one thousand for the first hour of the show. Um, they didn't show Untucked on CW. They they only showed uh just the main show. So they only have the second half hour. But that second half hour, they did get a little bit of an increase in their demos. Uh, specifically in uh, adults eighteen to forty nine and twenty five to fifty four, and also just like the other uh demographics as well. 
or I guess specifically uh, men 18 to 49, it increased a little bit too. But yeah, they, they topped out an average of uh, 544 for the second half hour. That's not bad. No. You know, like, that's definitely not bad for, you know, even though it's becoming slightly more mainstream, I still feel like Drag Race is kind of a weird niche thing still. No, it definitely is. So, you know, I'm okay. I feel like, again, and I kind of, without knowing the numbers on the other networks, there's a part of me that wants to just think those are people that would not have watched this show on VH1. Yeah, that's my thought here, is that, like, I guess I'm genuinely wondering, like, and obviously, any of these numbers are going to be a bonus, I think, just because, like, I feel like most people are just going to, who are going to want to watch the show, are just going to watch it on VH1. Like, it's not going to be a problem. Like, I think that, yeah, you have to look at these numbers as any, any additional viewer that they get on these networks is a bonus so long as the numbers on VH1s are consistent with how they usually are. So I guess I just wonder, like, what the conversion rate is going to be. Yeah. Again, I know, but I, we won't know this until next week. And maybe that's why they had the weird cliffhanger in it as well. But also, hey, also it's Drag Race, of course. They were just going to have a weird cliffhanger. <laughs> yep. But yeah, I mean, this is all interesting stuff that I think will be more interesting next week. And hopefully we'll have a better idea uh, next week, because, like, it'll be a normal week. So hopefully we'll have, like, the ratings by then. Yeah. But in the meantime, you know, you want to just get into the show then? Let's talk about the season premiere of Drag Race Season 13! Yeah, so we were talking in our preview episode that it was going to be a, um... That every queen was lip-syncing, and I think we were unsure of how they were going to make that work. Yes, very unsure. I didn't expect it to be an oops all lip syncs episode of the show. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I wasn't expecting that either, but like, I guess in hindsight, I feel like this is probably the only way they re- could have really done it though, right? Yeah. No, like absolutely, this is the logical way to do it, otherwise it would have just been like another fucking dumb rusical bullshit. But, you know, hey, you gotta save the Rusical for at least, like, the second week. <laughs> no, as as we've seen, Oscar, they're doing the singing challenge next week. Oh, right, they are- that, they did show that in the, in the stuff. Yeah, this is an interesting format. I will say, when I realized that it was gonna be six lip syncs, I'm kinda glad that at least the song choices were okay, because my first fear was- Oh god, are they all gonna have- are they gonna use six RuPaul songs? That's a good point, and something that I hadn't even thought of. Like, I am- I am genuinely surprised at how they did it, because yeah, I thought they would have done- I honestly thought they would have done, like, hey, just make everybody learn the same song routine. Like, nobody's gonna- nobody's gonna know that they all did the same thing. But, like, yeah, I think- if hey, if you're gonna make if you're gonna do six different lip syncs, having six different songs and making sure all of them are fucking bangers, like that's a good fucking call. Even though I'm kind of bummed out because I feel like mm, I feel like maybe they wasted some good ones. Yeah, look, like you know, I'll I'll say it. I, did you really need to use Pleasure Principle in this dumb bullshit episode? Like that's a fucking banger. And and rumors by Lindsay Lohan deserve so much better as well. <laughs> Fuck you. I like that album. 
I know that album's bad. That song specifically is really bad. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. I know it's bad. I fuck. I, I love it. It's. I agree with this line on its Wikipedia page. Music critics' reviews were mixed with statements like infectious and unnecessary. I mean, a lot of things are both infectious and unnecessary when you put it that way. And you know what? That song is both of those things, and I love it for it. All right, so we are introduced to our first pair. Oh yeah, we should get into the show and not just Oscar has hot drag race takes. Yeah, look, we're going to get to the hot drag race takes. But first we need to talk about the contestants and how we met them. Like, say, for example, our first pairing of uh, Candy Muse. And Joey J. And Joey J. So... Again, as a New Yorker, were you rooting, as a proud Brooklynite even, you know, was your city done proud? Eh, Candy Muse seems fine. I don't know. I don't. Candy Muse is definitely not the worst New York queen this season. She's definitely not the worst New York queen this season. It is true. I'm not. So I feel like there are a lot of people in the circles I run in that are very into Candy Muse. I'm not seeing it currently. I don't really get her, but I'm willing to, you know, I'm I'm willing to take a step back and be like, maybe I just need to, maybe I just need to figure this out and just like see what everybody else is seeing. Cause like, Hey, I'll admit it. Like I didn't, I did not like Bianca Del Rio in the first like couple episodes of season six. Yeah. I was like, Del Bianca is an asshole. Again, I feel like upon the rewatch because I watched this twice, I watched it live, and I watched it again just before we watched this. Uh, upon rewatching it, um, I didn't hate Candy Muse as much. Okay. I still like Joey J more. Joey J has got a look. Yeah, and that look is cute twink with glasses with sort of a punky hairstyle out of drag. And also chicken feathers. Yes, also chicken feathers. Candy Muse is very judgmental about the chicken feathers. I'm gonna be honest, that's part, of, I think that's part of what, like, kind of turned me off to Candy Muse. Just like, again, you really gotta be reading them for the chicken feathers? Who cares? I feel like Candy Muse was trying to get in and be shady. I, I mean, look, I, yeah, I feel like they were trying to get in and be shady and all that shit just so they could have their good reality TV moments. Yeah, it's just like, why? I also didn't think Candy Muse's look, entrance look was that great today. I really like the idea. Yeah, I just I felt like the, ex- was... I feel like the execution left some, some, you know, some yeah. things to be desired. I don't know, the, the denim, again, a denim boombox is a really fucking cool idea and a really cool look. I just don't think it really came together. And also, where I will say, what I will say is, they did use the denim boombox to good effect. Yes, they absolutely did. Making that a part of their lip sync, and, you know, I guess it was, you know, not intentional, but that is some good, that is some good mentality and some good mindset. It made me understand why they won, even though I, it's not who I would have gone with for the lip sync. Yeah, like, there was definitely a couple, there were a couple things of just, like, yeah, I understand, you know, like, I understand, I understand how this worked, or I, like, I understand how this was good, and, um, 
or fuck. I I understand that they were thrown through a loop, and there were a couple queens that it feels like adapted and still managed to do some good shit with the lip syncs. Yes. Um, some people that did really great things with the lip syncs, one could argue, and then got fucked over. Well, you know, are we getting to that here? I mean, do you have anything more to say about uh, Candy Muse winning the lip sync for your life? Uh, to which they did... Oh, God, what was the first song? Call was, Me Maybe. It, right, Call Me Maybe. Which, A song that I... I I'm sure they've done Call Me Maybe before, right? I thought they did, but I can't remember. I'm looking through all the other shit that they have done on lip syncs to try to figure out what they've done. Because I know they've done Carly Rae. Yeah, um, you know, like, and I know Canada's Drag Race, they did I Really Like You. I also just want to say, I'm in season nine and they haven't done a Carly song yet. Huh. Oh, season 10, they did Cut to the Feeling. Right. Yeah, it's fucked. This is the first time they've done Call Me Maybe. I mean, they don't repeat songs, so it makes sense. Only one song has been done before. What is the only song that has been repeated? Uh, They did When I Grow Up in, like, season four. Hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of these songs that it's just like, damn, how have you not... It feels like there's just so many things that they've missed. Or not okay. miss, just, you know, there's a lot of good-ass drag songs. No, there are. I mean, hey, it's the thing, is you can just keep, uh, you can just keep going with a lot of these. I mean, shit, they had a really good mix of songs on this episode, as we were talking about. Yeah. I didn't, like I said, I wasn't super crazy about, I wasn't super crazy about either of these lip syncs on my, my first viewing. Again, you're gonna, you've seen it twice, so... You're going to be, I'm going to, you know, defer to your judgment on this. But yeah, I wasn't super into this one. I thought there was like two. Actually, no, I don't think there were any like great lip syncs in this episode. No, me neither. There's one lip sync that I liked because both the people involved with it were very much my shit. You know, the the Derek Berry factor of I recognize that this is bad. Fuck you. My girl's in it. Yeah, I'm I'm aware of what you yelled at me. <laughs> yeah, this was kind of a nothing lip sync. Candy Muse using her boombox as a prop was cool. Yeah, and again, it. that that was that was a good it was a good decision. Also, Candy Muse doing that little uh, fake out at the same time as Joey J did a death drop was actually pretty all right. Yeah, no, Candy Muse. <coughs> I, I feel like Candy Muse like. Did a lot with it. Hey, it's the classic wrestling thing of Candy Muse did a lot by doing very little. Yes. Candy Muse had very good facials. And I think can like, you know, was able to just sell that just based on like very good facials. And like, I feel like kind of had a better understanding of the song than, you know, than... it feels it feels a lot like as much as I thought Joey J was a more memorable lip sync or, you know, I, as much as I feel like. I, I found myself drawn to Joey J more. The more I think about it, it's, well, Joey J was doing a lot of just the same shit you see in every lip sync this early on. Yeah. You know, it's the same fucking death drops, the same moves. But yeah, you know, that's kind of all I really have to say about this. Another one that I kind of changed my tone on was the next one. Did Denali come out first or second? believe first 
Yeah, Denali, who had a okay... I liked Denali's look a lot when I first saw it, and then the more I thought about Denali's look, it's like, actually, you're not... This isn't a... I'm not feeling this look. I actually thought... The, the, I wasn't feeling out of these looks, honestly, because uh, La La Ree's look was terrible. Yeah, I wasn't super into to La La Ree or, or Denali. Like, again, like you said, I think Denali had a great idea with the... Uh, with the ice skates and, and doing all the, the figure skating stuff. I think that, you know, again, using ice skates as heels, pretty fucking inspired. You know, I will say, take away the ice skates, though, when that look doesn't give me figure skating. You know what? Fair enough. The look, it was also very clearly not fitted to her body. As we saw during the, uh... <laughs> yeah. And also, as you kind of pointed out, What's with the fucking makeup so far this season? Yeah. I mean, first of all, just to say, like, Lollarie, I, yeah, I wasn't. Lollarie's super... look was probably the worst look on the show. It wasn't, he- like, it looked unfinished. The hem, it looked like it needed to be hemmed. And it was just kind of a boring power suit. Yeah. And it had, a, you know, like, sure, points for doing that. You know, the COVID mask, you know, but whatever. It's just like, your look was bad. (laughs) Your makeup was bad. Yeah, and I do think that there was clearly something going on with just, like, the lighting or something. Because just, like, I feel like a lot of people just, like, their makeup just looked weird and off. Like, it it didn't look, like, it didn't even look, like, clownish or, like, cartoony. And just, like, over-exaggerated. Yeah. It just looked, like, weirdly just off. Like, Denali's contouring was bad. Yeah. And, like, I don't think that's a lighting thing. I think that is, you have applied your makeup poorly. Maybe? But, like, I don't know. Because I also just feel like, I feel like I had that same reaction about a lot of the queens. And I also feel like I had that same reaction. Just things like, you know, the fucking talking heads. Like... God almighty, they made fucking uh, Rosé look terrible. Yeah. Well, Rosé is terrible. Yeah, but also still, like, fuck. They just... I know. They 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 made Rosé look like their face is just broken out. Rosé looked like they'd been through a lot. <laughs> we'll get to Rosé. We'll get to Rosé. Feeling, feeling that way about Rosé, huh? I mean, yes, absolutely correct. <laughs> Not gonna lie. If you defend Rosé, you defend a friend of Jan. I will never defend a friend of Jan, thank you. <laughs> I mean, and this is where I feel like, God, in three weeks' time, I'm gonna be, like, fucking all over Rosé, aren't I? Yeah, probably. I seem to like the queens that no one likes. Yeah, Lala, Lala's makeup was better uh, than Denali's. I'd say. I think that Lala had like a nice, a nice weave or wig, whatever. Yeah, like Lala looked more put together, but also just these two looks were terrible looks. Yeah, and but exactly what you said. That power suit was just boring, and it wasn't hemmed. Nope. You know, like fucking... even if it, even if it was like a really good or like striking look, it was just. Yeah, even if it was 
like I, I guess what I'm trying to say is even if it didn't have any of the problems, like if it like just looked as good as it as it could have, it yeah. still would have just been boring. Yes, you know, either way, it would have been in the bottom on Project Runway. This lip sync was this lip sync was okay. It was kind of one of the better lip syncs of the show, but I think that's more of an indictment of the quality of this episode. Yeah. When I Grow Up's a cool song. Yes, it is. I feel like Denali, I thought Denali was was a better lip syncer, though, than Lala Ree. I feel like Denali should have been given a lot more credit for being able to do that shit on ice skates. But I feel like, yes, but I also wonder if it's just like, I don't know if ice skates are harder to walk on than heels. Because ice skates is a longer surface. It might actually give you more balance. Maybe. I don't fucking know. I can't skate. Wow, poser. I never pretended to be able to skate. Just lying to all these people here. I can't boneless either. That's easy. Just double tap up on the D-pad. Look, man. Suck on my street. I hate this. That remix is so bad and I'm... I was thinking about it when I was drunk on New Year's Day. It was my first thought of the new year. You know what? Fair. Like, in the same way that I've never been able to stop thinking about the fucking uh, Burnout Paradise version of of Epic by Faith No More, now you have uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 1 and 2's uh, police truck. This lip sync was kind of forgettable. Yeah. It It wasn't bad. It was just kind of boring, which is... I think the problem with most of this episode is none of the lip syncs were terrible. Nope. You know, just, they were just kind of forgettable. It just, it felt like nobody was going all out. Like, I was waiting for someone to emerge as the lip sync assassin, and I kind of realized, eh, maybe none of them? Yeah. Well, maybe one of them. But we'll get to them. We'll get to them. Who was next? Simone? Who probably had my third favorite look of the episode. I loved Simone's look so much. The Polaroid dress was phenomenal. Fucking fantastic. Simone was another one who I thought had... Strange makeup. makeup. Yeah. Like, I feel like the face aspect of Simone didn't work. No. But I also I, wonder, as much as I love the dress, I wonder if maybe part of my problem with Simone's look is the dress has no shape. It's true. The dress the dress did not give her any shape whatsoever. But, yeah, Simone and then uh, Tamisha Iman. Who, was, who, as we revealed, was cast for season 12. And had to, uh, had to drop out because she had stage 3 colon cancer. What a horrible fucking story. Yeah. What I did not know is that because she dropped out, uh, she was replaced with Jada Essence Hall. Oh! Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's who's, uh, that's who's spot she had. Holy shit. Yeah. You know, like, the, I, I kind of... Maybe it's the story. I kind of warmed a lot. I, I liked these two queens. And, you know, even before the story, I was kind of into just Tamisha Iman being the matriarch of the House of Iman and, you know, very much having 
having a real drag mother feel to her. Yeah, it was an, and it was a, a fucking like really well told story. I, I will say. Yes. Um, and again, as you were saying, pleasure principle inspired fucking lip sync pick. Fuck yes. And as much as I hate to say it, Simone was way better than Tamisha at this song. Yeah, I agree. Tamisha was very much relying on just like, I'm going to do Janet Jackson moves. And it just didn't fit for me. Yeah, I mean, look, I think it's one of those things where it's like, I think Simone was doing more interesting things, whereas... You know, I guess, again, like we were kind of saying about uh, Katie Muse before, Tamisha was doing the wrestling thing of doing, doing the, getting the most out of the least. And yeah. by doing the classic, I think, hey, well, I was going to say, I think that by doing the classic Janet moves, like, that was very much a play to the judges. Yes. That was very much a play of, no, see, like... It doesn't matter that they can do this, like, they, they can do this more a- athletic or interesting stuff. I fucking so know this song that I'm doing, I'm, I could just fucking do this music video, basically. Which, I mean, hey, it's a play that worked for Aquaria in season 10. Yeah. Um, but also, Aquaria in season 10 was doing the dance break for motherfucking If, a way more memorable and great set of moves that's a lot harder to pull off. Yes. And also, Aquarius was like 19, so there was the unexpected factor. Yeah. Or 21, whatever. Young is the point. Yes. Uh, but yeah, like, Simone winning is the first lip sync winner that I actually fully agreed with. Yeah. And, yeah. Then we got the best two queens of the show. And they paired them together. And it made me really upset that one of them had to lose. Because they should be number one and two of the show. They're the best two queens. But it's Drag Race, so of course they're going to do that. I know. I get, I get why all the queens they paired together were paired together. Yep. We had got Mick coming first, uh, with a fucking great, the first truly great, like, very clearly this is someone who is a great makeup artist. Yes. Like, the first, I was, I was just saying, the first really great look. Yeah. Like, I'm not- Simone's Polaroid dress. The the Polaroid dress was, I look, I think that the Polaroid dress was, was a fantastic dress, but like you said, didn't have a lot of shape to it. Like- this was some, this was just some, like, straight up some fucking, like, cool-ass drag look of, like, a, a dress that had, like, a lot of shape and body to it. Even if I wasn't super into, like, the color scheme. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's an interesting look in a way that, like, again, I think, you know, per- does exactly what drag is supposed to do, have the shape to it. Yes. And... And then we got... My favorite queen of the season, who did not let me down. Utica Queen's look was fucking phenomenal. I want that. I would, I want that entire look. I love her jacket. I love the vest. I love the pant. I fucking, the makeup was great. Utica Queen is the best. 
Yuki Queen to win season 13. Fuck all the haters. I thought the strawberry was dopey. <laughs> yeah, the strawberry was dopey. Strawberry fucking ruled. Meh. Also, I don't... I don't understand those harsh-ass eyebrows that Utica goes for. They're drag eyebrows. I don't know. I liked the whole look. It's my favorite look of the night. Uh, Utica. It was a really it look. It was a really striking look, and I I will say I actually genuinely appreciate just how fucking Minnesotan Utica Queen is. Also, just yeah, like it's I, horrifyingly charming in a I way s- I didn't expect. I saw people on Twitter talking some shit about hating Utica's personality and thinking she's annoying. Fuck the haters. Utica, Utica's great. Why Utica to win? Utica didn't win this lip sync, and it makes me sad. Utica should not have won this lip sync. This lip sync was bad, but this lip sync was the was the best voice that had the best queens. It's the Derek Berry factor. Fuck the haters. This was not the best lip sync. No, this lip sync was. Probably the worst lip sync of the night on a technical was level. It, was it really? You, hold on a second. Because I, I was just kind of like, yeah, this lip sync was okay. I just feel like, you know, again, I feel like nobody really, like, it feels like people are going through the motions but not really going for it. Like, I don't know, got, I, I just, I remember that split that Got Mick did. And, like, I feel like this is something that's like, I should be impressed, but it also looked like they looked very tentative about doing the split. Yeah, look, I feel like this was the, this was either the worst or the second worst lip sync of the night in, just from a pure, distancing myself from the fact that I love the people involved with it. Yes. This was a, this was actually kind of a terrible lip sync. And we're saying this, this, are you factoring in the song choice for this? No, the song choice was great. Fuck you. Because I feel like... Who the fuck could do a good lip sync to this song? I feel like you could... I feel like you could... If you had some good lip syncers, you can get... You can get people to... This feels like... This feels like a very drag race choice. Sure. I I don't know. It feels like... It's the kind of... Terrible fucking forgettable piece or like terrible warmed over mid 2000s pop culture that no one gives a shit about except for the fucking gays that loved Lindsay Lohan's album. Hi, how you doing? You know, just to be clear here, folks, this song was rumored by Lindsay Lohan. Yes. Like, I don't think we actually said that. I guess we didn't say that. Yeah, no, look, terrible fucking forgettable song that is the perfect Drag Race lip sync song. I don't know. I feel like I had more of a point there. Yeah, your point was the song is fine. It's just, it, and it had nothing to do with the lip sync being bad. Yeah, pretty much. So go on. What made the lip sync so bad? <laughs> I don't know. I just kind of felt it was boring and none of these, like, yeah, like it's a lot of the same shit that I feel like we have seen in lip syncs for 
13 years now. Yeah. And, you know, as you kind of said, they both felt very hesitant about it. Uh, there was nothing memorable except for that split. And that split kind of sucked. That split kind of looked bad. It's not season eight, I will survive bad. No. But. Holy shit. You know, like, we're not, we're not at that level. But I also feel like this is season 12, let it go bad. Of two people that are just not feeling the song at all. And not doing anything remotely interesting with the song. Fair enough. Got Mick one. Yeah. Whatever, these are the two best queens of the show. Gottmik did that split. Gottmik did do that split. And Utica Queen has the best looks and looks the best out of drag. Did you know this episode got an A- minus from the AV Club? That tracks. What I need to know, how low how low the AV Club has ever rated this show. Because I feel like this show like always gets rated disproportionately stupid high. Like, basically all of season 12 was in the A- B+, range, wasn't it? Probably. Yeah, no, like, the AV Club just loves this show. I'm looking it up. The AV Club gave Trump the Rusical a full A. Oh, God. Yeah, people in the comments seem to like this episode. This episode was fine. And again, like, I think some of the stuff they did with the format was... I welcome the fact that even though I don't think it was executed super well, um, you know, hey, maybe they should have done something. Maybe it is the right time to do something different. Yeah. I mean, it certainly is. It's just, man, this is what they chose. But we'll get to that because we do have a couple more pairs to talk about. Yeah. Well, one pair and one trio. Well, yeah, you know, that's still a couple. You said a couple more pairs. Hey, shut up! We have one pair and one trio. Language is fluid! <laughs> so, this next pair pro- is probably the other one that had the other contention for the worst looks of the show. Word? I know. So, Rosé comes in first, and Rosé had the stupid blacked out tooth. And I at least respect Rosé's decision to realize, oh, I'm doing shtick for no one. I'm just going to take this tooth off because this is bad. I was, you know what? I I gotta say, I liked Rosé's look. Rosé's look was, like, again, Rosé's look was better than Lala Ree, than Lala Ree's look. And it was, you know, like it was better than... It was better than Lala Reen Denali's looks, and it was better than Olivia Lux's looks. Not better than too many than basically anybody else's look. No, look, I'm not going to say that it was a great look by any stretch of the imagination. It, it was kind of. It, it's just like a generic Jersey look. It felt no, it was. I'm not going to sit here and say that it wasn't like easy and you know like not like unlike anything I've ever seen before. No, it was a simple ass look, but like, I don't know. I just, I really liked the colors. I thought that they wore it really well. Like, Hey, I was even kind of into the shtick and I'll be honest. I was kind of like, no, fuck you. You're going to get rid of the tooth. Like you're, you're a fucking poser. This was, this was your bit. Commit to it. Yeah. I don't know. Olivia Lux's look just fucking sucked though. I wanted to conception. I liked I wanted to like that look so much. 
but yeah, I like the colors, but I did it didn't not... work together. It, you know, just because you just because you say it looks like theater curtains doesn't excuse the fact that it looks like theater curtains. Yeah, like I feel like it. W- I like I like the idea of what she was going for. If, I don't know. It yeah, it just didn't work. I wasn't into this lip sync either. No, this was not a good lip sync. But before we get into the lip sync, uh, Rosé did drop a bombshell about herself, which instantly made me turn on Rosé, even though I knew about this bombshell because I watched Meet the Queens. Yeah, no, I know. We all know because we all had the exact same reaction. And I feel like basically every single person turned on Rosé at this point. <laughs> Fuck Jan. Jan's the worst. The revelation that Rosé is in a musical group with and therefore friends with Jan. Yeah. Fuck not, Jan, though. Not a good look. Oh, what are you talking about? Jan was our favorite person last season. Remember when they cried? <laughs> <laughs> look, Jan Jan is the best singer, damn it, and she's going to win the Madonna musical. Oh no, I didn't win the Madonna musical. Ah. I was going to say I was gonna say Jane was the worst was the worst queen on that season, but then I remembered wait, no. <laughs> There's an actual worst queen on that season. Yeah, there there actually is a worst queen by far. And it's shockingly not the Brock ally. And her name was Britta. It's not where I thought that statement was going. Uh what do you mean? There were only twelve there were only uh there were only 12 queens on that season. You know what? Fair enough. <laughs> they said Fair they, enough. I forgot that I forgot that the that they were redacted. Yeah, they they said so in the reunion special. There there were only 12 queens. And that's why Dahlia Sin came 13th in a 12 queen season. No good motherfucker. Uh But no, yeah, this I mean, yeah, the lip sync w- X's and O's was an inspired lip sync choice. It was. And it allowed you to have a revelation. Yeah, I did not know that that was fucking Rob Schneider's daughter. <laughs> sure is. So I guess being related to fucking Rob Schneider is good enough to get you one single? Yeah, pretty much. Does she have any other career after that song? I mean, she has another song in Rock Band. Oh, it's not. I. It's not a memorable song. It doesn't have a Wikipedia page. Hooray! But also, also, it took her like four years to put out a second album. Well, she wasn't in too much of a rush, I guess. Yeah, like I think that's kind of the thing of just like it took a long. It took. It took a long time for the second album to come out, and I think people had just kind of moved on from El King. I don't understand. I mean, X's and O's is such a great song. I first heard it on an airplane. (laughs) X's and O's is a great song. Fuck you. I'm not even kidding. Like, I literally saw it, like, the music video on, like, an in-flight thing on an airplane (laughs) and still don't understand why they were, like, who was trying to push that song and why. Well, I guess I understand now, now that I know it's fucking Rob Schneider's daughter. (laughs) 
Yeah. You know, she probably would have had more success if she did, like, a, a bad uh, Asian accent. And got to really commit to being her father's daughter. I'm reading her Wikipedia page now to try to figure out uh, if she's done any... What else she's done. And throughout 2019, King served as a guest co-host on the MTV series Catfish the TV Show. Opposite lead, lead host Nev Shulman. So that's what she's been up to. Why? Why do they need another host? Why was this? Why has this show been on for eight years? That's a really good question. You know, why have they made two spinoffs of Catfish the TV show? I don't know. Please tell me. I don't remember that movie even being that good. There have been two spinoffs of the Catfish concept. The first, Catfish Trolls, was hosted by celebrity artist Charlemagne the God and featured online personalities confronting trolls who had been harassing them online. The second okay. spinoff, Ghosted, Love Gone Missing, is hosted by The Bachelorette R- Rachel Lindsay and celebrity rapper Travis Mills and features stories about people trying to find former friends or romantic partners after having been ghosted. Okay. What a... Viacom, you confuse me! Well, hey, get excited for the new season of uh, Catfish, where we'll get to hear X's and O's or something. (laughs) (laughs) This entire conversation was more interesting than the lip sync. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Rosé, or sorry, Olivia Lux. Olivia Lux, though, I think it's cool that she was able to have a reveal. I don't think it was yeah. a good reveal. No, but, it know, wasn't. It's cool that she was able to do it. Yeah. And also, man, she fucking air guitared. I don't know if that's cool or lame. It's incredibly lame. It's very much the, when I saw that, I was like, oh no, don't do that. That's, that is the universal's, that's the universal don't do this in in a drag number. Yeah, but hey. She still won. She still won, and I'm baffled by it. Which made, which gave me the very enjoyable feeling of why Rosé's really fucking pissed. Actually, yeah, so I can't be too mad about that. I already can tell Rosé and Jan get along really well, because Rosé's introduction was, I've been on America's Got Talent, and I've been on The Voice, and I've been doing drag, and I've hosted pageants that Olivia's been part of. And you've only been doing drag for like a year and a half. No, you're absolutely right. Like, now I am just remembering how Chief tried to fucking big league her. Or being like, I just can't believe you're already made it to drag race. And I just, I worked, I took me so long and worked so hard to get here. And it made sense, like, especially when just watching uh, Untucked and hearing people just kind of fucking be like, Oh, Rose, oh, Rose's in the other room? Oh, Oh, I bet she's real pissed being there! Yeah, it was... It was kind of, it kind of made it worth it for... Yeah, when, when, Tina and, when Tina and Candy realized that Rosé is here and in the other room, <laughs> their reaction of, ooh, this is gonna be fun! Yeah. I was pretty into it. I was like, alright, I already see... I already see who's shaping up to be the villain of this season, and yes, no, I'm into this. Fuck Rosé. Or Rosé gets the redemption arc. Think about it. 
yeah, it's true. Maybe maybe Rose has to learn that they're becoming Jan and fight against the Jan. They won't learn. They never do. Maybe they'll have some fucking hangout with session with Jan and Britta. That seems like the worst combo. Yeah. And now you're thinking about it. Again, Britta made me feel sorry for Aiden fucking Zane the week Aiden Zane did Patricia Quinn. Yep. I would have, even though Aiden deserved to go home, I still kind of wish Aiden sent Britta home just to see Britta's meltdown. Yeah, it would have been so wonderful. Uh, and you've already mentioned Tina Burner, so let's just get into the final. Let's yeah. Get into the final group of contestants. Tina Burner. Uh, Tina Burner's okay. Tina Burner seems cool. I like, I like Tina Burner. I like that, I like that Tina Burner's way obsessed with firefighters. Yeah. Who can Wearing both a fire, a firefighter outfit in their drag look and then just wearing a firefighter outfit out of drag too. It was pretty good, not gonna lie. I'm into it! Yeah. They got it, look, they got a style, they got a thing that they're into, you know what, go with God. Yeah. Tina Burner, look. Tina Burner is someone that I recognize as, you're really cool, but whenever I see you, I just can't stop thinking about Sherry Pie. Yes, that is the unfortunate truth, is... I definitely have the thought of with Tina Burner, like, yeah, when are we going to learn about Tina Burner's uh, crimes? Yeah, I've seen some. Po- I've seen someone on. I've seen someone on the AV Club comments mentioning that Nina West is also problematic. Oh, really? What happened there? I don't know. Lord, they were saying that Sherry Pie and Nina West are both the worst, and I don't know if that means that Nina West is problematic. Or if they're just saying they don't like Nina West. I could see that being a just they don't like that kind of kitsch camp queen. Yeah. Because I'd be real bummed out if Nina West was problematic. Yeah, I like Nina West. Yeah. And I like Tina Burner. Tina Burner seems cool. Tina Burner's not bad. I'll, and I'll say it. Kamora Hall, absolutely stunning. Yes. Kamora Hall is the, like... Kamora Hall's the fucking look queen of the season. Yes, like a million percent. Like, Kamora Hall just in and out of drag is just beautiful. Yes. So, like, it's, you know, in a lot of ways... Hey, in a lot of ways, it's kind of like, you know, you can make the argument. It's kind of like what caught in the act of kind of cheating. You just you just naturally have the fucking looks for this. But also, yeah, Kamora Hall, absolutely beautiful. But, um, but yeah, the, um... Yeah, and I, I popped for that Bob Mackie dress. Yeah, the Bob Mackie dress is real cool. Also, pop- yeah, damn, you got a lot of money, huh? I popped for the uh, In the Valley of the Dolls hair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, yeah, Kamor Hall, she seems real cool. And Elliot with two T's is a trash fire, but is my trash fire. I like that you did not realize why, uh... I never, I never said it out loud! I only saw it typed! <laughs> yes, the, the, the Elliot, Elliot, whose full drag name, uh, is Elliot Puckett, which of course they're not gonna say that on the show. 
cowards. Yeah, they they are cowards. It's not the actual fuck word. Also, the other yeah, two queens had their names changed. The other one I kind of don't get is Denali Fox. Is that also just because it sound like sounds like fuck? I don't know. Maybe. Cause like I tried to think it's like Denali Fox isn't a brand name. It's not like last year where they had to shorten Britta Filter's name. No M Dar ruined it for everyone. Fuck you, that gimmick was good. No M Dar ruled, and I like the No M Dar Alicia Fox pairing. I liked Elliot's look. Yeah. Elliot's look was cool. Also, it let RuPaul make an expose joke. Yeah. I don't know, I thought this was the best lip sync. Yeah, well, one, it's the best fucking lip sync song because it's the goddamn Moulin Rouge version of Lady Marmalade. It's a good-ass song. Yeah! A, how the fuck has it taken you this long to do this song on Drag Race song? Because it costs a lot of money, I bet. Sure, but it's not like they haven't had a lot of money before. Yeah, but, you know... They're cheap. Yeah, I know. Anyway, it's good of them to actually break open the fucking bank to get this song, though. Yes, absolutely. It's an overdue thing, and I, you know, I'm amazed that the three that the three queen lip sync was great. Yeah, it also was still kind of a mess because all three queens. It's not like the three queens were individually playing, you know, a different part. Well, because. You kind of can't do that because otherwise you're letting someone else shine. Yeah, exactly. You know, it only really works in like a rusical context to have people play different parts. No, I know, but also then why do a then why do a, a fucking song that's a, a trio or a, a duet or something? It's, it's like kinda... when they did the three queen in in season ten when they did the three queen finale to Bang Bang. I know it's like that, it, but my point is the exact same complaint that we always have of it's not like they're doing like a fucking big musical number. They're not doing a thing. They're not trying to do that. They're, you know, it's just being like, well, yeah, you have to learn a song that all, that has all three parts on it. Exactly. But I know this losing was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was good. Uh, yeah. Tina Burner won. Tina Burner did win. Which... Yeah, Tina Burner deserved to win. Tina Burner yeah. was the best lip singer in there. Probably the best lip singer of the night. Yeah, I'd say so. Then, then we got Kamora Bo- Hall and uh and the other one, Elliot with two T's, got sent to the pork shop lounge. And we got a and they revealed what the weird twist is. Fuck this all stars bullshit. So explain the twist to me because I still don't think I understand it. Okay, basically all the queens that were all the queens that lost the lip sync were sent to the pork chop lounge. Yeah, they're sent to they're they're sent to the velvet room. Be way cooler if they were sent to the velvet room. They're awaiting their eternal damnation. Be way cooler if RuPaul if RuPaul knew what the velvet room was. Yeah. I mean, hey, both RuPaul and the director of Persona have some feelings about trans people. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> but <laughs> but um, I hate this. Yeah, basically, basically, the way they're doing it is all the queens have to 
vote on one of the losing queens to go home. I thought this was a bad formula. Because it sucks in all-stars. And I guess I just don't understand, like, okay, but why? And then, so you're going to do that and then everybody else gets to stay? I think so. This just seems like a baffling way to do it. Yeah. Because it is a baffling way to do it. But it also feels like, well, this is the way you do it so that we have two groups of six and we don't have just like 13 people in the workroom. But also it's a group of seven in a group of six and the group of seven is going to vote to see which one of the group of six goes away? What? No, the group of seven is voting one of the seven to go home. Oh! Yeah, the losers have to vote one person out. Why? Like, that that's the whole thing, is the lo- they're the ones voting of the people in there. One of them is who's going to go home. I guess I just, that makes even less sense to me, because what are they voting on? Who are you? They're voting on who should go home. Based on what? Uh, based on who they like the least. I don't know. Because it just, it seems to me like, what are you, what is your voting criteria? You, everybody just did individual lip syncs that nobody else got to see. And I, yeah, and they're just doing it to create more drama. Like, is is it going to be something where it's like, they're going to do a challenge next week and then they have to fucking decide between the seven of them? No fucking clue. I think it's going to open with, you have to play a social game and convince your fellow queens why you should stay. Huh. But hey, if the losing queens hate Rosé as much as the winning queens do, this might be okay. You know what? Fair. Understandable. Have a good day. I would be very into just Rosé's meltdown of going home first. I mean, considering Rosé's meltdown when they thought they were going home. Yeah. Like, that was some, that was some prime shit right there. Just, oh! And then just silently walking away. It does, it almost does feel like, though, Rosé's, of course Rosé's not gonna go home. They want Rosé to have drama with the rest of the New York queens. Yeah. Hey, someone's gotta, someone's gotta make Untucked watchable, because it sure wasn't this week. (laughs) Not wrong. And, like, that's what this format caused this show to lose out on was the workroom drama. Like, it just feels like in a regular season, the other New York queens all just realizing, oh, Rosé's here? Fuck her! And we would get some big blow-up in the first couple episodes in the workroom. Yeah. That's good television. But instead, we don't get that. No, because, I mean, I guess, yeah, they're they're trying to be safe and be responsible. You know, and I understand it. It's a a good call, but also... uh... It's a good call for safety. It's a bad call for drama. Yeah, it just ends up with a boring episode where nothing really happens. Yeah. And then an Untucked, that's fine. I was not into Untucked this week. Because Untucked... Untucked this week felt like... Oh, we have to put all the, like... Queen's introductions now into this show. Oh yeah, and so Untucked didn't get to be Untucked. No, you're you're absolutely right. It definitely did feel like it was very much more a uh, them trying to cram the the expository stuff that they usually get to in the main show 
into Untucked. Yeah. And which, hey, they're very much selling selling it based on the tagline that I kept seeing VH1 throw out of, if you're not watching Untucked, you're only getting half the story. Girl. I forgot how much I hate that monotone girl. After every commercial break, that noise had been blocked out of my mind. And it all just came rushing back with Ev. God. Untucked is the worst. It's pretty bad. But also, Untucked is the best part of this show. Don't forget, just gotta take a shot the first time someone cries. Yeah, I look, I'm admitting- I will say, look, so... Obviously, I did my usual drinking game with uh, with this show, where I feel like I'm going to have to modify some rules to, you know, especially if I'm going to have to be, feel like I maybe need to drink more because it's a bad show. But point being, yeah, I'm I'm mad at them for, for putting CoverGirl, like, in the first fucking ten minutes, so I had to take my shot then. Yeah. It was fucked up. And I, rude. Uh... I uh, took your drinking game rules and I modified them to take a shot anytime someone cries on Untucked. Well, thankfully, this episode, uh, you didn't have to deal with that a lot. Yeah, like, there was only, what, two times? Yeah, something like that. But yeah, you know, look. (laughs) I'm hoping there's going to be more because I just want to drink. I'm debating just modifying that rule to take a shot anytime someone cries, period. Yeah, okay. I feel like that's just, that's the real drinking game now. Sure, let's do it. Let's go get wasted, Oscar. I'm so sad that COVID is still happening and I can't go to New York while Drag Race is airing. Yeah, me too. Season, season 14, Ruthless Aggression Live. Hooray! Recorded on location at your house. All right, what, what's happening next week's episode? Singing competition. Yay. Yeah. And the resolution of who's going to go home. It's true. We are going to see a musical number set to uh, fucking uh, your winner, baby. Yeah. Which, please know, that song seems very bad. Again, they're RuPaul songs. Look. The man doesn't make good music. RuPaul songs used to be decent and okay. In like the 90s? No, I would say there are plenty fun RuPaul songs. Fucking Sissy That Walk is a banger. Fucking Cover Girl is great. Well, yeah, but also, when did Cover Girl come out? 2005? 2004? It was like 15 years ago. Yeah, so? That's what I'm saying is when... There was a point where RuPaul was still able to make good music within the past, like, decade, decade and a half. Oh, damn. CoverGirl came out in 09. Damn, alright. Also, the other, one of the other singles from that album uses, uses a slur in the title. The T-word? It is the T-word. Not surprising, it is RuPaul. Also, it was 09. Yeah, and it was 09, people still thought that that was acceptable. Hey, Christian Siriano, how you doing? I mean, At least he apologized. I mean, it, it it's not that long ago that the introductory segment was You've Got She-Mail. Yeah. That, I 
I've still never seen the segment because they cut it out of uh, they cut it out of everything. I remember seeing that segment when it aired. Yeah, I had to explain to someone though of why that segment is bad, or like why that segment is problematic. Yeah, and they were like, "No, it's not. It's just funny." Cool. That's a good answer. I mean, look, I'll I will say this. I will out myself as someone that, yeah, totally at the time watched that and was like, yeah, okay, this is fine. One, all right, this is this is stupid, but this is a silly thing. Yeah, like, come on, no, you just have to think about it for a second. Then you're like, oh, oh, wait a minute, oh, huh. I will say, it's not that fucking hard, people. Look, I will say, as terrible as. Uh, the season of Drag Race might be shaping up to be, though. I'm still kind of glad we're watching this instead of what we were talking about before of what if we do a podcast about AJ and the Queen? Yeah! That show... Yeah, I, I didn't... I only watched, like, one episode of that show, but that show does not seem good. That show got canceled quicker than the Big Show show did. I wonder why. I feel like it probably cost a lot more than the Big Show show. That actually is very true. I feel like that multi-camera and shit, and with and especially with WWE paying for a bunch of it, I feel like probably that was a way cheaper show to produce than AJ and the Queen. Because you know the fucking RuPaul is not going to do anything that is beneath prestige. Also, hey, they put a bunch. They put a bunch of people from. Uh, they put a bunch of contestants from the show in there, you know, and they, you know, Vanjie got to get paid. Yeah, I bet, I bet that since it's all just World of Wonder people, they can get it for cheap, though. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Again, RuPaul's made some okay films. I'm not gonna say, I'm not gonna shit-talk everything RuPaul's ever done, but I'm, you know, look, I still very much fuck with, but I'm a cheerleader. Oscar, you don't need to shit talk everything RuPaul's ever done because that's the entire point of this show. And we're going to have like 12 more episodes within the next few, like several weeks to do that. Yeah, it's true. Hopefully we'll have better shit to say. I mean, hopefully the episode next week's episode will be better. Hopefully the episode isn't just oops, all lip syncs. The the problem. I'm going to just throw it out there. The least interesting part of the show. Yeah. I mean, look, that's the problem here is, you know, as we've kind of said about this this episode, it's like, there's not a lot to talk about because they didn't really do a good job of, like, establishing any queens or, like, establishing any relationships between queens or anything like that. Like, they had, and like Oscar said, like, we couldn't even really get a, a lot of that and untucked because they were too busy having to, like, you know, fucking do expository dialogue for these people because the only real exposure we got to them of them was, like, really brief interactions with RuPaul and, like, one other person. Yeah, like, hell, even fucking... What was Michelle... Did Michelle, like, do anything in this episode? Did Carson and Ross do anything? I feel like at least Ross had some interaction with the queens, and Carson... Carson's only moment was identifying that that dress was a Bob Mackie. Yeah, like... What were the fucking point? Why did you need both of them there? You know, I get it. You gotta have Michelle Visage. But even, did you? It's not like she did anything. It's Michelle Visage. Look, you could have had Michelle Visage do the Ross and Carson parts. Yeah. I really hope that there is... 
I hope that there's a real show soon. Well, I guess we'll find that out next week when we watch the next episode of the show and we talk about it on the next episode of this podcast here that we do for a wrestling website. I mean, this is the most wrestling content. It is true. We have established this, that RuPaul's Drag Race is the most wrestling show on the fucking planet that isn't just wrestling. (laughs) We will continue with this. Yeah. But until we do continue with this, Oscar, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love anybody else? Can I get an amen up in here? Amen. All right. Let the music play. Iranian, Iranian, Iranian. Iranian, Iranian, Iran number one. Iranian, 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 intelligent Jew. This podcast is brought to you by the Zonecast Network, executive produced by Owen Douglas. Visit zonecast.com for more shows. 